The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the mitzvot Today's daf has been dedicated by Shlomo Bahari In memory of Yosef Ben Shalomo Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen Daf Gimal Today's dap is being studied Le'ilu Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen We begin today's dap on dap Gimal And we start 11 lines down Starting with Amar Rav Shemuel Amar Rav Shemuel Bar Yitzhak Halakha Sericha shetehe mehazeket rosho verubo veshulchano. So Rav Shemuel Bar Yitzchak tells us that the minimum size of a sukkah, in order for it to be kasher, has to be able to be mehazeket, meaning able to hold rosho, his head, verubo, the majority of his body, and shulchano and a table. Now the shi'ud of that would be seven tefahim. The assumption is that a person himself can fit himself in six tefahim, in an ammah, and then you have an extra tefah for a table. If you want to see a picture of that, in our books on number 14, you see the minimum sukkah. You see it's got the seven by seven, and the uh, table itself is a... Uh, so therefore, that's the minimum size of a sukkah according to Rav Shemuel. Comes the Gemaran says, Amar le Rabbi Abba. So Rabbi Abba tells him, Keman, Kebet Shammai? Where are you going? Like, are you following the opinion of Bet Shammai? Because as we're going to see in the Mishnah that talks about the minimum size of a sukkah, this was actually Bet Shammai's opinion. So they asked, what do you mean? Are you following the halakha like Bet Shammai? Amar elakeman. He says to him back, oh, who do you want me to follow? That, that, that's the opinion. In this case over here, we follow Bet Shammai when it comes to the minimum size of a sukkah. Ika de'amir. There's another version of this piece. Amar bi'abba. De'amar lechamani. He asks Rabbi Shemuel, who, who are you going like? Who told you this halakha? Amar Bet Shammai it is indeed Bet Shammai And don't move from this Psak Which means this is it Which is this would be according to Our Gemara one of the exceptions <clears throat> That we follow Bet Shammai Over Bet Elel. Actually if you look at the second Tosfot on the Daf He says right in the beginning Beseder Rav Amram that's uh, from the Geonim. Pasak b'shisha mekomot halacha kebet shamay. In six places he was posek like bet shamay over betelil. Hada hai desuka desiricha shetem mahazeket rosho verumov eshulchanon. This is one of the six. Then Tosafot goes on to give us the the uh, other six, and then we'll continue with the other point of this Tosafot. So again, this would be one of the exceptional cases. Comes the Gemara and says, Matkif la Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak. So Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak comes along and asks a question. Mimai de bet shamai ubetilel besuka ketana peligi. You're going to quote me a Mishnah. Who told you that that case in the Mishnah that Bet Shammai and Bet were arguing on a Sukkah Ketana? And therefore you want to say that we're following Bet Shammai. Dilma Besukah Gedola Peligi. Maybe their case that they're arguing on, which we'll see the case, 
maybe they were talking about a sukkah gedola, urgon diyatib apumad de metalta, maybe we're talking about a case where the guy is sitting at the edge of the sukkah, v'shulchano betoch abay, maybe I'll tell you the case of Betshemeh Betelez argument, which is a regular big sukkah, so what was the argument then? Big Sukkah, everybody says Big Sukkah is Kashir. No, because it's, it's a funny case. It's talking about where the guy's table is at the edge of the Sukkah, meaning, and his, the table is in the house. Meaning he's sitting at the edge, and the table is in the house. So what's the Gezerah? The Bet Shemai Sabri Gazrinan Shema Yimashikah Har Shulchano. That Bet Shemai will tell you, you know why you can't sit in the Big Sukkah? Because we're worried since your table's in the house, you might get drawn after your table, you might end up sitting in the house. And maybe Betelel will say in that case, it's okay, just to get an understanding of what we're talking about. In picture number 15, you see the guy sitting in a gigantic sukkah, and he's sitting right at the edge, and his table is in the, su- in the house. So that which means like this, we're going to see a Mishnah, and the Mishnah is vague. You can either learn the Mishnah, which is a Mahlukah that Shemai Betil in the Mishnah, is the case Sukkah Ketana that they're arguing about, and Bet Shemai holds you need Roshor Shulchano, or is the case of that vague Mishnah talking about the case we just mentioned. And therefore the Gemara is going to go back and forth now to try to understand what's the case of the Mahlokit Betshamai Betilil. And then we'll analyze who we follow. So the Gemara says, Vedaika Nameh. You know what? It's meduyeket. It's precise in the Mishnah that they're talking about the case we just said. Sitting in a sukkah gedola with the, with the table in the house. Diktani, because now it says in the Mishnah. Now you're hearing the Mishnah for the first time. Because it says, and this is the Mishnah you got to focus on. Ni Right? The guy's majority is in the sukkah. V'shulchano betoch abayit. Right? And the shulchan is in the house. B'tshamay poslin. U'betilel makshirin. That's the mishnah. Now, v'im ita. If you want to say that this case over here is talking about a sukkah ketana, if that's the mahloket over here, mahazeket ve'ena mahazeket mev'ele. The language of the Mishnah should have been a little different. It should have used the word Mahazeket ve'ena Mahazeket. Can it hold or can't it hold? What does it mean? Rashi. Look at Rashi Dibura Matil. Ve'im Ita. Right? The Bishura de Sukkah Peligi. Litni Sukkah Mahazeket Roshov Virubo Vishulchano Keshera. Which means, if the whole mahluk was on the minimum size of a sukkah, the mishnah should say very clearly, if the sukkah can hold, you, your majority of your body, and your table, everybody says that's kashir. Oh, if it can't hold uh, your table, then already have a mahlukit. Bet Shammai will say, pasut, uh, because he also has got to hold room for the table. Bet Shammai will say, Kashir, from the fact that the Mishnah did not discuss or use a language, sukkah, mahazeket, roshah, just talking about a case, a guy sitting in the table, in the sukkah, and, his, and his table's in the house. That's mashma, that we're talking about a big sukkah, and the table is at the, in the house, and therefore the gizraz he might get, drawn after his a table, and that's what the mahlokah is. So, ubu sukkah, ketana, lo peligi. So again, the Gemara says, well, you just learned that Mishnah that has so much sukkah gedola. Implying what? When it comes to sukkah ketana, there is no argument. Okay, well, what are you talking about? There has to be an argument by sukkah ketana. Why? Because we have a clear bright that says, Mahazeket rusho verubo v'shulchano kishira. Now follow these two bright that we're going to quote now. One bright that says, you have Mahazeket rusho verubo v'shulchano. So that's, that's got everything. Your, your body, majority, and your table, Kishira. That's Tanakama. Rabbi Omer, Ad Shiyeheba Arba Amot, Al Arba Amot. Rabbi says there's got to be a big sukkah. It's got to have four Amot on four Amot. Leave Rabbi's opinion. We're looking for now, focusing on Tanakama. Vetanya Idach, we have another Braita. Rabbi Omer, Kosukah She'en Ba Arba Amot, Arba Amot, Pesula. Okay, Rabbi is consistent. And the second bride, he also says for a sukkah to be kashir, it's got to have four amot. Now here's the contention. 
אפילו אינה מחזקת אלא ראשו ורובו כשרה. This Chachamim, the second Brayta says, all he needs is Rosho Verubo, does not mention anything about table. The Ilu Shulchano Loketani. So we have a stira between the two Brayta in the opinion of the Chachamim. The first Brayta quoted in the opinion of the Rabbis that said, what? You need Rosho Verubo Shulchano. Second Brayta says, you just need Rosho Verubo, does not say Shulchano. How do you square off these opinions? Kashyan Ahadadeh. It's a question. Ela lav shma'amina habet shamai habet elel. So I'll tell you very good. Really, one writer has bet shamai's opinion. That's the writer that says you need the table, the shul for the table, so an extra tefah. And the opinion that says you don't need the table is what? Bet elel. And therefore we've proven to you what? That indeed it's a mahloket bet shamai bet elel on sukkah ketana. We're going to follow what we did till now. We started in the Gemara Arab Yudan, of Shemuel came along and said, when it comes to Sukkaketana, we say you need Roshor, Ubo, Shulchano. Gemara says, oh, you going like Bet Shammai? He says, yes, I'm going like Bet Shammai. So hold on, hold on. Where did you see Bet Shammai talking about a Sukkaketana? So what do you mean? We have a Mishnah. Mishnah is talking about a guy sitting in a sukkah, but Shabbat says it's pasul, but Tillah says it's kashit. Oh, that's talking about a sukkah gedola. That's talking about a guy sitting in a sukkah, you have your, uh, your, your table in the house. Where does it say anything about a sukkah uh, ketana? So hold it, I'll prove it here. It's talking about a sukkah ketana because we have two braitot. And the hachamim in the two braitot contradict each other. One the hachamim say what? You need rosho, verubo, vishulchano. One bright that says you just need Rosho Virubo. Uh, this is talking about a Sukkah Ketana. Do you need the table? No, need the table. What do you have to say? <coughs> the opinion that says you need Shulchano, Bechamai. The opinion that says you don't need Shulchano, Betelel. So what do you want? This is, this is a Mahlok in the Sukkah Ketana as well. And the Kabbalah says, Amar Morzutram Matniti Namidaika. You know what? Go back to that other Mishnah we just quoted, where the guy's sitting in the Sukkah and he's got the table, uh, you know, in the house. If you go back to that Mishnah, it's meduyeket that it's talking about a sukkah ketana. How? Mediketani bet shamai poslin ubetelel machshirin. The language of the Mishnah over there was betelel is posel. That's mashma. When you say the word posel, it's going on the sukkah. And betel's machshir is mashma the sukkah. Vim ita. If you tell me that we're talking about a sukkah gedola, bet shamai unim lo yatsa or betel unim yatsa mifaile. It should have said, Yatsa and Lo Yatsa. Which is the way you learned that Mishnah, that it means what? You're sitting with, on the big sukkah, and you got your table in the, in the house. Right? Bet Shammai should have used the language, Lo Yatsa. Because it's going on the guy. Because it's Gizrayim, I get drawn in. But it doesn't say Lo Yatsa. What does he say? Pasul. Pasul is mashma, we're discussing the sukkah. And what's the logic? Since the table doesn't fit in the sukkah, it's a small sukkah, it could just fit himself and his majority and not his table. And Betelel says, no, such a sukkah is kashir. So now what we, we basically have over here, we have a mishnah. that we don't know what it's talking about. Originally when we started the Gemara, we brought this mishnah and said, you know what, from the fact that it doesn't say mahazeket, the inner mahazeket, it doesn't discuss... How much the sukkah can hold? It's much more than sukkah gedola. Now we come along and say, you know what? From the lashon machshirin and poslin, it's much more talking about the sukkah itself and not the guy. So therefore, we want to understand what does this mishnah refer to. So the Gemara says, the ela kashya mishaya. Now we go back to the first question, which means when it says Mishahaya Roshovirubo Basukab Shuhanobatukabayat. If it was told about a sukkah kitana, it should have said sukkah mahazeket, a sukkah that holds. So therefore we have like a proof for sukkah kitana, we have a proof for sukkah gedola. Make up your own. What is that Mishnah talking about? It says Leonam Betarte Pelige. Conclusion. Bet Shammai and Bet actually argue on two cases. Peligi b'sukkah ketana or peligi b'sukkah gedola. Yes, they argue on both scenarios. On sukkah ketana, sukkah gedola. Oh, what about the Mishnah? The Hasure Mehsara. The Mishnah is missing some words. Ve'achi ketani. Now here's the final version of the Mishnah. Mi she'ayar rosho ve'rubo b'sukkah. 
Vishulhano betocha bayit. So now you have you're sitting in the sukkah, only you can fit Rashovi Rubo. Your house, your table's in the house. Bet Shamay Omrim Lo Yatsa. Ubetelel Omrim Yatsa. Oh, so that's the case of the Giza, the big sukkah. Yes, sukkah Gedola. How do you know Yatsa Lo Yatsa? You're not Yotse, why? Sukkah's good. Got a big giant sukkah. Problem is, you might get drawn after your table. table. So therefore, Yatsalu Yatsal. That's the machlokim b'chemay betelel. Oh, v'she'ena mahazeket ela kederosho v'rubo bilvad. And if it can only fit the guy and not a table, b'chemay poslim or betelel machshirin. So therefore, comes out. Yes, indeed, there are two machlokot over here between b'chemay betel. Fundamental machloket here in the second sukkah. Do you make a gizada? You might get drawn after your table. Bet Shabbai says you do make a gizada. Therefore, he says lo yatsa, meaning the guy is lo yatsa. The sukkah intrinsically is kasher, but the guy himself lo yatsa because he's going to get drawn and he's going to end up in the house. Bet Elisad lo yatsa. Your sukkah is kasher. You're sitting in the sukkah. Are your tables in the house? So what? You don't make a gizada. Oh, next case. V'she'ena mahazeket that if the sukkah itself cannot hold. Himself plus a little table? Bet Shemai says, no good, you gotta have that extra tefah for the table. Bet Elil says, no, even if we can only hold the guy himself without the table, it is kasher. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the Tosafot, that big Tosafot, just look at, um, scroll down a little, the Almash Pasak Behach Dehaka Kebet Shemai. If you look where the Benu Hananel begins, maybe about five lines down, the Almashe Pasak. We Tosfot just quoted that Rav Amram was posek by a sukkah ketana, like Bechamai. You gotta have enough to fit himself, majority, and his table. Which is like a seven uh, tefahim by seven tefahim, let's say. So Tosfot has a question. He says, don't ask from the following Gemara Berachot. The Amar of Yosef. Asa kedivre bet shamai lo asa velo kelum. The Gemara says anybody that follows bet shamai, you did nothing. If you remember that Gemara Berachot over there, was talking about Kiryat Shema. Right, bet shamai had a unique way to read the Kiryat Shema lying down. Because he read the Pasuk, Ufshuk mechav kumecha derech shechiva. Right? And the Gibraltar even told the story over there where Rabbi Tarfon went on the road and uh, he lied down to read the Kiryat Shema and he put himself in danger. And the rabbis told him, mm-hmm. So the Gibraltar says, You follow Bet Shema, you did nothing. Now, and what's the Gibraltar's proof that if you follow Bet Shema, you did nothing? They bring a proof, they give a story of Sukkah. Was a rabbi called the Yohanan Achorani. Shechala, he got sick. Vehalchu zikne betshamay vezikne betelel lebakero. So the rabbis are the two schools of the Shamay school and the Hillel school went to visit the rabbi on Sukkot. Umesau shaya yoshev rosho verubo v'sukah v'shulchano betochabayit. He was sitting in the sukkah. His table was in the house. Amru lo zikne betshamay. So the rabbis of Shammai told him, mm-hmm. If this is how you sat in the sukkah all your life, mm-hmm. Well, he was sick, and they told him, on top of it, if this is the way you sat in your sukkah, you never were your tzir. Now, But the Gemara concludes over there, that that Nabi Yohanan was right. You can sit in the sukkah like that and your uh, table in the house. Now, you'll tell me, hold it. There the Gemara is clearly telling you that you go like Bet, Bet Hillel, which means that the rabbis of Shammai said if this is what you did, you did nothing. But we don't go like Shammai in this case. We hold like Nabi Yohanan Ahorani. And therefore, that means we follow Hillel. And therefore, just like in Shammai's opinion, if you, if, if you followed Hillel, you did nothing. The opposite would also be true. If you follow Shammai, you did nothing. Oh, so how could the uh, Amram Posek over here like Bet Shammai? 
So Tosfot answers no that That case of Yohanan Achorani was not talking about a sukkah ketana. It was talking about a sukkah gedola. What was the case of Yohanan Achorani? He was sitting in a big sukkah and his table was in the house. On that case over there, we follow Betelel. That what? We don't make a gizar, it's going to get drawn in the house. Rav Amram, he was talking about sukkah ketana. When it comes to sukkah ketana, we forsake like what? We forsake like Bechamai. In this case over here, this was about sukkah ketana. The betanti peligi. Ba'i alaka kebetelel. Amalaka besukkah ketana. Ubaalaka kebetchamai. So this one says, hey look. In sukkah ketana, we forsake like bet. Hillel and Sukkakata we say like Bet Shammai. Don't bring me a question from the Gemara over there in Masechet Berachot. Comes the Gemara and continues. Mantana leha detanu rabbanan. Who is the author of the following Braita? Bayit. She'en bo arba amot al arba amot. Okay, you have a house. It's a very small house. It doesn't even have four by four amot. For argument's sakes, let's say an amma is two feet, so it's less than eight by eight feet. Which is nothing. It's a it's a tiny uh, structure. <coughs> so therefore, since it's not considered a bayit, it's exempt from certain laws that require bayit. First example, Patur min mezuzah. And we'll see why. But it's exempt from a mezuzah. Umina ma'akeh. Ma'akeh is a, in English they call it a parapet, which is like a fence that you have to put, let's say, on the roof in order that nobody falls off. It's patur. Ve'eno metameh benega'im. Nega'im would be if, uh, let's say, sometimes the house can uh, contract sara'at, uh, leprosy. And then Kohen comes in and he renders it to Tameh. There's no laws of Tzala'at by such a small house. We have a law by in Israel, in a walled city. Okay, When somebody sells a house, okay, so the uh, seller has one year in order to you know, buy it back. Uh, that's the law in They give him a year, the sale is not final Until what? A year After a year, this, the, the sale is final However, when it comes to Bayit, that's uh, less than Amot by Amot It's not subject to that law Continue You know the law Of when a soldier goes out to war If he just built a new house he gets a dispensation, he can go back home. Right? The Kohen Mashuach makes an announcement. Whoever just built a new house. So if he just built such a small little structure like that, that's not a house. You can't get an exemption from the war for such a house. Let me explain to you all three cases. The first deen is, that's Ayrubi Haserot. Let's review what we learned in Ayrubin. You have a Haser. Courtyard. In the courtyard, there's houses. Minat Torah you can carry in this courtyard because it's all considered the shoot Ayahid. But Achamim came along and said, since it's a shared property, so it looks like the Rishut Rabim in the sense that it's a shared public uh, property. Everybody's using. In order to carry in the Haser, you need what's called Ayrubi Haserot. What's Arubi Haserot? All the members of the Haser have to partake in bread, right? And they put the bread in one of the uh, houses over there, and it's considered they're all united, they're all one, and therefore they're all partners, therefore it's considered one uh, one reshut. This small house over here does not have to be part of the Aruf. Which means you don't have to go to this guy and collect bread. He doesn't ruin you, he's not part of it, it's not a house. So that's Arubi Haserot. The next case, me'in mishtatefin. Mishtatefin is shitufe mevu'ot. Shitufe mevu'ot is, you have a mavui. That's the, uh, the alley. Right? Let's take the case we said yesterday. Mavui satum. Right? It's got three, three sides. It's just open to the shooter. Me have chatserot. You know, open into the mavui. 
Now, for the Hatserot, for the courtyard to be able to carry from one to another, not talking about the houses. Houses you need to be Hatserot. Now I want to go from one courtyard through the Mavui to another courtyard. You need what's called Shitufim Mivuot. All the Hatserot now have to join. Same process with the bread. Each Hatserot gives a loaf of bread and they put it in one of the Hatserot. Now they're all considered one Hatserot because again, the Mavui is a shared property. Minatorah you can carry in the, in the Mavui. It's got three walls. Gary, Hachamim came along and said, no, you need a shituf because it's shared. Now, let's say you have a chaser, and across the street from the Mavui you got another chaser with this little miniature house. This is not considered a chaser with a house that needs to be part of a shituf. You don't count him. Which means, yeah, yeah, which means, so therefore the, the, the other chaser, it's considered one guy in the chaser. It's considered a Mavui. With one uh, haser and a bayit. Then this other guy is not qualified to consider a house. You got to add him part of it. Now, if there was if there was ten ten of these haserot and one of them was this haser with this little miniature house, he's out. I mean, you don't count him. You just misstudif everybody else. And then this guy is not uh, not part of the uh, subject. So that's the end. Mishtatefin both. Now the end manichin ba'iruf. Now after you collect the uh, the uh, the bread. You have to store the bread in one of the houses. But it's got to be a house. And therefore, since this guy's got this miniature house over here, less than four amot, you do not store the bread in his house. Now, these are all the cases that the bride that brings. I would point out the Tosafot. He has a few more cases. Look at Tosafot. Bayit she'en bodal ramot birushalmi hashiv she'en tovel lemaaser. Very good. We have a law when you have grain. Okay? When you pick the grain, you, 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 you it, whatever, you gather it, it's not hayab ma'asir until when? Until you bring it through the threshold of the house. Until you bring it through the threshold, that's not hayab. So therefore, when you bring it through the threshold of this little tiny house, there's still no hayab ma'asir. It doesn't become tevil. Okay? The ma'asir. Then no der minabayit mutalik anesbo. Okay, a guy makes a nether, I make a nether, I'm not walking in to a house. This is not considered a house. You can walk into that uh, structure over there. The odd, have you learned the memal, the anyan petar bet, petar bayit avshin na'ara me'urasa. What's that case? The Torah talks about a case of a na'ara me'urasa. It's a lady that was engaged. But engaged means kiddushin. It's legitimate, right? That she got married. After she got married, witnesses came along and said that when she was in Aram Urasa, she fooled around. She committed the oof. So the law says you got to kill her. So where do they kill her? They take her, the petit, and they kill her by her father's house. So if her father lives in one of these miniature, less than four houses, you don't go to kill her in front of the petit. So therefore, also it's not considered a petit for the law of Nahara Hamehurasa. So this one gives you a few more scenarios. Why does bayit is not a bayit? So comes the and says, oh, more cases. Ve'en osin oto ibur Ben Shete Ayarot. Okay, another case of Erubin. Let's learn, let's remind ourselves of the laws. You have Shabbat, you have a city. Okay? You have 2,000 Ammah from the ends of the city to start your tomb on Shabbat, how far you could walk. The whole city itself is considered like for Amut, which means the whole city is considered one domain. You don't start the clock or the, uh, the measuring stick of 2,000 Amut until you get to the borders. Okay, good. Now we discuss a case like this. You have a city, okay? You have space in between, okay? We call that a karpeth, open space. And then you got another city after this empty space. Now, this shi'ulim that we're talking about over here is, let's say you have 70 and two-thirds amma. That's the shi'ulim of a karpeth. 70 and two-thirds amma after one city. And then before the next city you have 70 and two-thirds amma again. And then you have the next city. Okay? Now normally, this shi'ul of the karpeth, 70 and two-thirds, would separate the cities. If you're in one city, you can only go to the border of that city. Right? If you're in the other city, 
you can go into the border of that city because this space in between is separating. That means technically you have a hundred and forty-one and a third amma separating the cities. But the halakas is like this: if you have a house, a regular house, right in the middle of the two karpifiot. So now already it joins the cities, which means now it's all one long city. And therefore, technically for Eruv purposes, your Eruv could start at the end of the second city, 2000 Amma, or the other side. So therefore, it's a very important halakha, it's called an Ibur. Ibur means like a pregnant, which means by having this uh, house over here, it, it, it adds to the shi'ud of the, uh, the city. However, if you have this little miniature house in the in the, the in between, that doesn't make a ibur. It's got to be a regular house. Let's read that inside, by the way. Look at the top rashi. The end of the ibur ben shte ayarot. The tamba basikat arubin. Notim karpef the shte ayarot. You give a karpef like an open space to the cities. If you have 70 and change, it's actually 70 and two-thirds. And you give the other city 70 and two-thirds. There's a way to make both cities one. If you have 141 and a third, it's within 70 and two-thirds. Dalet Tafahim is two-thirds of an Amman. Amman is six Tafahim, so Dalet Tafahim is two-thirds. Na'aseh oto bayit ki'ibur lahen, ki'isha ubra, like a pregnant lady, she'kiresa boletet, right? Her stomach is protruding. Umistarefet liot shtem ka'ahat. Right, it protrudes to both sides, so to speak, and therefore both cities are considered one. Lelan be'ehat mehem. Let's say a guy, what's nafka? I mean, a guy, let's say on Shabbat, slept in one of the cities. Okay? Sheyu shetehen lo kedalet amot. Both cities are considered for amot, meaning he doesn't start his tomb of 2000 till the end of the other city. Umone alpayim mechutsa lahen. Tim yesh bayit pachot midalet amot. Eno hashub netzarfan. That's the second, that's the nafka minal, the law of Ibur. Good? Next case. When it comes to the law of inheritance, brothers or partners that are splitting up an inheritance, this house over here is too small to split up for an inheritance. And the Gemara will explain exactly what the scenario is. Okay, so the laws of inheritance do not apply to this miniature house. Okay? Comes the Gemara and says, Who's just going like this opinion? Well, let's analyze ourselves. A house to be a house has got to be what? For Amot, it's saying. Well, we had an opinion above in the two Braithot, that for Sukkah, Rabbi said, minimum size of a Sukkah has got to be what? For Amot. Oh, so therefore it sounds like if you want to say that she taught the congruent, I can say that this opinion is following what? Rabbi. So the Gemara says, right? Just like a sukkah has got to be for Amot, so to a house it has to be for Amot. The Gemara says, no. I can even tell you the rabbis who say that a sukkah can be much smaller. Roshor, Ubo, Shulchanon, Yesh Shulchanon, No Shulchanon. Even less, I can tell you they agree that a house has to be for. Why? Why? A sukkah is a temporary structure. And therefore the rabbis tell you for a temporary structure, you can get away with even a very small minimum shi'ud. But by a house, what's the house? How's a permanent residence? For a house which is a permanent resident, permanent structure, you got to have four amot. If it's four amot, people are going to live in there. Less than four amot, people are not living in there. So therefore you see over here what? You see over here uh, a principle that this house law of four amot can be going according to everybody. Uh, what do you mean? The rabbi said, so you can get away with much less. Because that's a sukkah. Sukkah is a temporary item. Temporary item, you can get away with less. A house got to be at least four more. Very simple. Comes the Gemara and says. Now the Gemara is going to analyze all the laws we just discussed above. Now we digress from sukkah for a second. We go to the laws of houses. Amar Mur. Patur mina mezuzah. 
ומן המעקה, ואין לו מטמא בנגעים, ואין לו נחלט בבתי עלי חומה, ואין חוזרים עליו מעורכי המלחמה. מהי טעמה? דבייט כתיב בהו בכל דהו. In all the cases we just quoted, in all those פסוקים, the word בית is used. העלקת נשי. כולהו בית כתיב בהו. מזוזות ביתך. That's how you know it's not חייב in a מזוזה. כי תבנה בית חדש, and the end of the פסוק, ועשית מעקה לגגיך. That's how you know you don't have to put a מעקה. ובא אשר לא הבית. Right? That's the guy by Negaim. The guy who has the house in Negaim came into Zaz, got to go to the Kohim. Ki yimkor bet moshav. Or a guy sells his house. That's talking about the law of the one year rule, right? Asher bana bayit chadash. That's talking about the guy that goes back from the war. So you see all these cases we just quoted, it says in the Pasuk, bayit, and therefore it's patur. Now, ואין מערבין בו, ואין משתתפין בו, ואין מניחים בו עירוף. Let's analyze. עירובי חסרות, doesn't have to be part of it. שיתופי מבואות, does not have to be part of it. You don't put the עירוב in that house as well. You don't store it in that house. מהי טעמה? דלא חזה לדירה. Because it's not fit for a dwelling. Who has to be involved in the Rubi Haserot and the dwellers? This obviously is not a house that's fit for dwelling. Therefore, it's not subject to the law. So the Gemara says, Now, Rubi Haserot en manichim bo, aval shituf manichim bo. Watch this. The Gemara makes a diuk. You told me you don't make Erube Hatserot and you don't have to make Shitufem Mivuot and then it says Ve'en Manihim Bo Eruv What does that mean? Eruv means Eruv Hatserot En Manihim Bo Erube Hatserot Implying what? That the Shituf Mivuot you can't put in that house כן, get the lashon of the Gemara. אין אין מניחים בו ארוב. What does the word ארוב mean? ארוב בחצרות. Meaning, when you have a chaser and the house is over there, they're dipping up the bread and all that stuff, you can't put the ארוב בחצרות in that guy's house. Oh, but if you're doing the shetuf stuff from the chaserot, you're collecting bread from each chaser for the mavui to kosher it up. It's mashma. You can put the shetuf in this guy's house. So the Gemara wants to analyze why is shetuf yeah, allowed to put in this guy's house, but Eruf Haserot, not allowed. So the Gemara says, My Ta'ama, what's the reason? Because it's not worse than the courtyard of the Mavui. We're going to learn a Mishnah now, it's going to teach us like this. Where do you put the bread for the Shitufei Mevuot? Well, of course you can put it in the house. You know what the Hadush of the Mishnah is going to tell us? You can even leave it in the Hatser. So long as you put it in a protected area in the Hatser, you could leave the bread for your shituf mevot in the Hatser. So this tiny little house over here is not worse than leaving it in the Hatser. By Iruvei Hatserot, where do you got to put the bread? In a house. So it's not a house. But by shituf mevot, for whatever reason, which we'll see in a second, you could leave it in the Hatser. So this is like living in the Hasid. There's no roof, there's no walls. It's a tiny little structure. So that's really the answer. Now the Gibran says, Ditnan. Erube Hatserot Behatser. This is, this is a, a, a Mishnah. When it comes to Erube Hatserot, you can put it in the Hatser. Don't worry, the Gibran is going to explain what this means. Erube Hatserot Behatser. When it comes to Erube Hatserot, you can put it in the Hatser. Shitufe Mavui Be Mavui. And you could store the Shituf of the Mavui in the Mavui itself. Vavina by the Gemara analyzes. Eru bechatserot bechaser. You can leave the Eru bechatserot bechaser. Vatenan we learned. Hanoten erubo bebet shahar. If a guy put his Eru in bet shahar, you know what bet shahar was? In front of the chaser, had a little like booth where the shomer, the watchman, the security guard of the chaser would sit. That's really not resident. It's like a, just a little, uh, you know, a little house. Not a little house. A little structure, we'll call it. It's called Bet like a, a gate. House gate. Or Aksadra. Aksadra 
is like a little, um, you want to call it a stoop, you want to call it more like a, um, it's an area that has a roof in front of the house, uh, poles, no sides, you know, open, uh, no walls. Gazebo. Like a gazebo or something like that, that's called an achzadra. If you put it over there, or a merpeset. Merpeset, we know, merpeset is like a, a porch, meaning a balcony actually. Merpeset would be like on the second floor, they would have, let's say, a, um, a balcony going around, so you can access into your house going through the balcony. So the Mishnah says, if you put your eruv, hatzerot, in the becha'ar, or you put it in the achzadra, right, that's a little gazebo in front of the house, or you put it on the merpeset, why? Because people don't live there. Mm-hmm. You gotta put the eruv in a protected place where people live. So how are you telling me in this Mishnah you can put eruv hasrot in the hatzir? Mm-hmm. You're talking about the hatzir. You're leaving it in the hatzir. People are gonna walk and step on it and get the get destroyed. How do you interpret the Mishnah? Eruv be hatzirot be hatzir. I said the question. It's obvious. Now, the Hadar Sham, even further, anybody that lives in these little areas, the Bechad, Aksadra, the, uh, the Marpeset, in Osir. You're not a dweller. Therefore, you don't Osir the other guys in the, in the Hatser. Only dwellers are Osir. So the Gabbara says, you know what? Ela Ema, read the Mishnah like this. Erube Hatserot, Babayit Shabbat Hatser. Throw a word in there. When it says, Erube Hatserot Bechatser, it means Bebayit Shebechatser. You know what the Hidush is? You might have thought you could put it in a house, maybe in a different Hatser. Kamash, you want know, you got to put it in the Bayit of the Hatser that you're trying to kosher, but it's got to go in the house. Okay? Now, Veshetufei Mevoot Bechatser Shebemavui. Ah, when it said, Shetuf Mavui Bemavui, it means shituf mavui b'chatzer shebemavui. It's got to be in one of the chatzerot of the mavui, as opposed to putting in another chatzer of a different mavui. And this miniature house over here is not worse than a chatzer of a mavui. So again, let's review. If somebody would ask, guy has uh, making the aruv chatzerot over here. Right, they collected the bread from all the. The, the, the houses and all that. Now they want to get a store it there. Can they store it in this miniature house? No. no. Why? Because the Mishnah that says Eruv Hatserot Bahatser, it means Bebayit Shebehatser. This is not a bayit. Okay? Now, I have my Hatserot over there, but in Mavui. I want to carry from Hatser to Hatser. Right? So I got to make what's called Chitufe Bivot. So I collect bread from each Hatser. Now I want to put the bread somewhere. <clears throat> can I put this bread in this miniature house? Yes. You yes. Yeah. don't got to collect from him. But I want to store the bread there. Yes. You know why? Because when it comes to shituf mevo'ot, it says shituf mevo'ot, you're allowed to put it in one of the hatserot of the mavui. Now again, it's got to be protected, obviously. You're not just leaving it and also letting it, uh, you know, uh, be uh, not protected. But the point is, it's not worse. It means... This house over there, consider it roofless, consider it walls, or what? It's, 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 it's like I said, therefore it's permissible. So that's what it means. Okay, now we go to the next case. Now we go to the next case. Now let's analyze, let's, let's analyze what just, she just gives us a logical view. On a Eruv Hatserot, what are you trying to get? What are you trying to unite? Eruv Hatserot, you're trying to unite houses. So since you're trying to unite houses, you got to put the bread in the house. But should to what are you trying to unite? Hatserot. Therefore you put it in the Hatser. Which is, it always goes on what you're trying to unite. So since by the I'm trying to unite a Hatser, Hatserot, if you can leave it in the Hatser. That's the way that she explains the difference. Comes the Gemara continues. Ve'en osino to'ibur ben ayarot. But you can't use it as the ibur to connect two cities. So the Gemara says, Wow, it's even worse than a burgan. Burgan is like a hut. It's, a tight, it's like a hut made out of straw, very, very temporary structure. And who sleeps there? The shomer sleeps there, the, the watchman for the fruit, let's say. And according to or the, or the, or the hunters, they sleep there, right? The guys that are trapping the, uh, the birds and the chickens. The point is, it's a very temporary structure. Maybe they only sleep there even for one night. But the point is, a burgan, 
connects the two cities. This little tiny little house is worse than a burgan. So the Gemara says, My ta'ama, burganin yeah, a burgan serves a purpose, by the way. The guy who has to sleep there overnight, he can sleep in a burgan. But a house that's less than four amot, it doesn't serve a purpose of the house. You understand? Which means as long as the structure serves its function, it's good. I don't care how flimsy it is or how temporary it is. A burgan, bottom line, temporary, it could be the house of less than four amot is sturdier. But the point is, burgan serves its purpose. A guy can sleep there overnight and watch the ferot and uh, prepare himself for, uh, for the hunting. But a bayit, which is a, a house that's less than four amot, it doesn't serve its purpose of the house. Therefore, it's worse than a burgan. Therefore, it cannot make it a bur. Last point. <clears throat> now we said, well, when it comes to inheritance, the brothers cannot divide such a house. Okay? So the Gemara says, or oh, partners. It's not, not, it's, uh, it's not part of the laws of inheritance. Smash why? Because it has less than four amot. Implying what? If it had four amot, then you do split it. I guess you give this guy two amot, this guy two amot. Or you sell it and you, and you, you divvy up the profits. The point is, four amot, it's inheritance. Come on, what are you talking about? Matt and I, we looked at the Mishnah. Minimum size of a property for real estate division is eight amot. You got to have four amot at least for each brother. Otherwise, one cannot force the other to start splitting it. So therefore, what is this talking about over here? Why did you tell me there's no laws of inheritance less than four? There's no law of inheritance even if it's more than four. So what are you talking about? So the governor says, no, 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 no. Elaim, I read it like this. En bodin haluka kehatser. It doesn't have the law of a haluka by a hatser. Let's talk outside for a second. Let's say you have a courtyard. And now the brothers are inheriting. Inheriting, they're dividing. A courtyard. There's laws, how do you split a courtyard amongst, let's say, two brothers? So the law says like this. Let's say you had uh, three small houses in the courtyard and one big house. Four doorways. Right? So one of the brothers says, you know what? I'll take this three small houses. And the other brother says, okay, you take the small three, I'll take the one big. Right? So the houses, they divvy it up beautifully. Now we got the airspace of the chaser itself. You got the courtyard. So there's a whole discussion amongst the rabbis, which we're going to see right now. How do you divide the land of the chaser? The, the houses they took. He took the three small. He took the one big. Comes out one guy's got three doors in the chaser, and one guy's got one door in the chaser. That's going to affect how they divvy up the the land of the chaser. How? So what I says. Gemara says like this: Damar Avuna, Haser lefi petacheha mitchaleket. Amazing. You divide the Haser according to the doors. This guy that's got three doors, he gets three quarters of the Haser. And the guy with the one big house, you only got one door, you only get one quarter. Finished. And if you look in the book, you see that they gave you a picture, not that you need to you can understand it, I'm sure. But the point is in 16. You see over here, guy's got three uh, houses over here, right? He gets three quarters of the Hatzer. This guy has got a big house, only got one door. You get one quarter. What's the logic of that? So that she explains the logic is like this. What's the purpose of a, of a Hatzer? I said, you're walking in, you're bringing your merchandise, you know, packages, stuff, back and forth. And therefore, the more doors you have, the more need you have for storage, for bringing stuff in and stuff out. That's, that's what a chaser is, right? So you need more access uh, space, we'll call it. So therefore, you go after the door. This guy's only got one door. How much access does he need? You know, he's only bringing stuff in from one door. Therefore, he has much less. That's the opinion of Rav Huna. Rav Amar. Now, that's a different uh, breakdown. He says like this, every door 
he gave it four amot in front of the door. Which means, however wide the door is, right? Take the width of the door, and just go draw lines four amot in front. So technically, you're right. The guy with the three doors, he's going to get you know an extra four amot on the extra doors that he has. But then after that, you divvy up the hatser, 50-50, you split it up. Okay, that's the shita of Rav Hizda. Now, regarding this mahluket, that was what we're discussing now about this house. Let's say one of the houses over here in this chaser is this miniature house of less than four amot. When we said it doesn't qualify for the laws of splitting, we're not talking about where you're splitting the house. We know splitting the house, it's got to be at least eight amot. That's that's different law. We're discussing over here if a guy, let's say, has this door, does he get for Amot in front of it? Or according to the other rabbi, does he get now percentage accordingly to that door? Right? Like the first rabbi of Hunad, does he get? So the Gemara is going to tell you, no. This is not considered a door, not to get an equal level in the Hatser, not to get for Amot in front. It's not considered a door. Why? So the Gemara speaks it out. Gemara says like this. This is only talking about a house that it's it's standing, meaning it's going to stay there. You know, a house, so then you give him rights to a haser because it's going to stand. What are you doing with this miniature house over here? You're not going to keep it. Eventually, you have to demolish it. So therefore, lo yavina lehaser. So the rule is, you only give haser rights to a house that's going to stay there. This miniature house, no one's living in it. You can't live in this house. What is it destined to become? Demolished. So you want to get haser rights now, whether it's for amot or proportionate. You don't get it from such a thing. Look at. So that's what it means. Okay, let's go back. When the Gemara said. Uh, what the Gebara says is Behatser or Kehatser, like the law of Hatser. Which means judge, like the law of Hatser, you judge doors. Regarding this little house over here, we do not split it like a Hatser. Because we don't validate its door as a door to either get for Amot or to get the divi of the Hatser itself. Let's just read the, the Rashi inside. Three lines on the bottom. Right? That's all when you take, you have a house over that's going to stand. Uh, what's the purpose? The purpose of the chasid is because you need it to unload your stuff, to load your stuff, that what you're in and out of the house. But since it's not a house, so therefore, what do you need your chasid for? Right? The whole purpose of the chasid is for loading and unloading purposes. And therefore, it does not. Qualify. Baruch Hanu Adi Olam. Amen.